Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hedlund. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am Leif Hetland with Global Mission Awareness, and I'm glad as part of this Kingdom Family Talk, I have my dear, dear friend, Bob Hayslett, with me. And Bob and his wife, Kimberly, they are the founders of the Sen Ministry. And Bob has uh, a proven prophetic voice. Just in my life, uh, he has had a very great impact and there's several of the words that he has spoken over my life that has shaped me. But I think even more than that, he has been a friend. Uh, and you have some of those covenantal friendship relationship where there's love without a hook, love without any agenda. So I, I'm just honoring and I'm so grateful for who he is and the heart that he has. And yes, I'm, I'm honoring the gift that God has given him. So both on God TV, TBN, Daystar, Bethel, so many different places. I know that, that God is using Bob and he has a phenomenal platform speaking into so many different ministries, leaders and lives. And so many people has been transformed. Bob lives in Connecticut with his wife, Kimberly, and they had the two daughters, April and Abby. And I sense that we are in a season where we want to just talking a little bit about pretty much heart prophets dealing with also prophets, and Bob is definitely one of them. And the three primary questions we wanted to focus on has been, what time is it? What is God doing in our generation? And helping the individual to live and love right. Where do you fit into God's plan? So, Bob, thank you so much for being here. Whoa. So great to be here, Leif, my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> My Norwegian friend, so, so happy to be with you and, and with your uh, family. So God bless. So just tell me a little bit of what God has been doing in your life. I mean, I know we're all coming kind of out of the COVID season. We're probably in the last quarter of, of, of a long season. Yeah, well, we know we've been in a season of disruption. You know, COVID has disrupted everything. It's disrupted nor normal life. It's disrupted church life. It's disrupted uh nations really you know and governments uh, have been disrupted but during those times of disruption i find it's also a time of deconstruction and mm -hmm. i believe god is deconstructing some things so he can reconstruct some things and we see that happen we saw it happen uh, on the day of pentecost it was really a deconstruction so that i could build something new and disruptions um tend toward that it's very very challenging during these times but if we have our hope in the right place we can actually focus on, you know, what Jesus is doing. When Jesus left his disciples, it was very disruptive, but he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I think that's a key for this season for all of us is do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. And I think when we, when we focus on that, we don't let our hearts to be troubled, then he can show us the place he's preparing for us, which is the father's house. And he said, I'll go to prepare a place for you. My father's house has many rooms and there's rooms for many. And so God is building the father's house during this time of disruption and deconstruction. He's actually showing us how to build something new. I'm excited about that. Now, that's amazing. But just what would be some of the keys of how to not let your heart be troubled? I mean, just because I know all over the place, I'm hearing about people's hearts that are troubled. 
Yeah, well, I think if you look at that passage, and that's from John 14, 15, and Jesus talking to his disciples there, and and it was, um, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. In the middle of a conversation where disciples had so many questions and Jesus didn't give them the answers. And I think that's the challenge of where we are. And particularly if we're going to talk about prophecy is that God is leading us in a discussion where it's leading us to discovery and definition of something, but we're still in the discussion. And many times when we're in a discussion with God, we want answers, but what God is trying to do is create new questions. And if you see that conversation, you have Peter asked a question and then Thomas and then Philip and Jesus never directly answers their question. He actually makes statements that create new questions for them. And that is a challenging moment for us. That's why I think don't let your heart be troubled starts with understanding that in conversation with God, actually it creates more questions than it does provide answers initially. And, and if we're what, if those people that we just want answers, we'll, we'll actually go back to old systems and old ways and, or we'll project the wrong answers because we're not asking the right questions. So it's, I first focus on this. He said, believe in God, believe also in me. It's just putting our trust in God uh, during times of uncertainty. And, and that trust is built. In fact, I love it. It says in Romans that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace when you trust him. And then you will overflow with hope. So I put my trust in the God of hope because he already has the answer. And then I, I measure my trust by the level of my joy and peace mm-hmm. in the moment of uncertainty. And That's whenever so I can find the joy and peace in the uncertainty, now he fills me with hope, the expectation of what he wants to do. So I look for those measurements. How's my peace right now? How's mm-hmm. my joy right now? Because that's actually what I determine my trust level isn't just that I believe, but it's actually that I can enjoy the moment while I'm trusting him. So it's part of the big picture. I mean, you talked about uh, uh, just a lot of disruption. We talked about mm-hmm. government, churches, individual. There's disruption everywhere. There's yeah. another way I use it is the shaking. Yeah. And you know my chair message and most people watching here, chair two and chair three are being shook right now disruption but there's a place that god is inviting us chair one which is the kingdom of god with jesus being king in every area so when people are being shook there's a lot of things that comes out and so the unshakable things will stay in our lives so i wanted just even to ask you dana because i'm not going to go into all of the prophets because they are our friends and you are a prophet yourself for this last year but i know that i'm just hearing a lot of people are disappointed because again they they trusted that here there were certain systems that was going to be, there were certain president we were going to have, or there were certain things taking place. And now we're watching on the news, everything that is going on. And it looks very opposite to a lot of the value system that most of us believe in. So, so what do you have to say to people in the middle of everything that is going on? Yeah. And I, and I love that Hebrews 12 passage you talked about when everything that's going to be shaken, what remains cannot be shaken because, we are inheriting an eternal kingdom. And so we have been through that. I actually put out at the end of 2019, 20 uh, things for 2020, 20 things that I saw would happen in 2020. One of them was Hebrews 12 moment and identified where those shakings, I thought those shakings would take place. And another one I 
I put was that it would be a major course correction for the prophetic movement. And um, so I'm going to define what I think that means, because I do believe you are right in identifying this as a Hebrews 12 moment where everything that could be shaken will be shaken. But if we go to the beginning of Hebrews 12, it says that God disciplines us in love oh, yeah. so that we could be mature sons. And, so and if we weren't disciplined in love, we would actually be illegitimate children. And that's a very strong word in the original <laughs> language. It, 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 he doesn't want us to live as illegitimate children. He wants us to be mature sons. And I'll apply that to the prophetic. I think in the best language that I can use is we're coming to a place of maturity um, where things are being revealed that are sometimes immature, maybe even in, maybe they're corrupt, maybe they're uh, immoral. And, and that's a choice that we all have to make in the Hebrews 12 moment where we when he disciplines us in love because he's a father so that we could come to maturity. And then it says, if you don't discipline to, if you don't submit to discipline, what happens next is there's a scourging that takes place and that scourging isn't done by God, but it's, it's basically the fruit of our immaturity is now um, seen publicly and, and it creates challenges for us. And I think what we're seeing is the fruit of, um, the, the need for the prophetic movement to mature to a new place. Um, and I think it's an invitation uh, from God to grow to maturity or, or we will actually, there will need to be a judgment against corruption and immorality and, and, and things that really should be shaken out of our life. And so we are in that moment. I know some people are disappointed um, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm, I'm encouraged, um, not just because uh, maybe I was, I, I didn't submit to the pressure of things, you know, I, and I didn't feel a pressure to become political this season. I felt it, but I didn't give into it. And we can, we can discuss that. I'm not, I would not have anything critical to say about the prophetic community, but I do think I have some things in terms of how we can grow and because I'm growing in those areas too. But I do believe there was a pressure that we could have felt uh, in this last season. And there's reasons for that pressure. But I think ultimately I want to be encouraged because God loves us. Mm. He's a good father. And he's disciplining us so we can become mature prophetic, a mature prophetic community. And I have a catchphrase I'm using in this season. I don't believe God wants more prophets. He wants mature prophets. I don't believe he wants more prophecy. He wants mature prophecy. And so that's my invitation. I'm stepping into it. I'm going to grow up into the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ so that the church can as well. Another question I have connected to that, because as you know, I'm very much about family and so are you. And about having healthy kingdom family where prophets are part of family in a sense. And now we have a lot of also I'm not talking about the people that you and I know, but I know a lot of orphan prophets that are out there uh, using often the internet as a platform, YouTube as a platform, coming from a very place. They're going to get the value based upon, do I hit the mark or not hit the mark? Because uh, 
and then even no matter which direction as an orphan you will cover over if you if you miss the mark you blame it on something else so i'm just even seeing there when they do not even they are not a community there's no covenant it's kind of a prophesying without having a wedding band mm. it's just another date with jesus so my question to you even regard to the importance because i believe part of what god is doing that's my own opinion is that he's restoring his family that's why there's so much attack against the family he's bringing unity that's why there's so much division going on so i'm always seeing what the enemy is doing and then the opposite i see an invitation from the father what he is up to and what he is doing which is the second question what is god doing well i i would agree with you uh he's inviting us into community because maturity doesn't happen in isolation maturity yeah. happens within relationships and um we do live in a time where there's an ability to have platform without process um, there's ability to have a message without maturity. You know, there's a bill, there's an ability to, um, you know, communicate without having being, you know, crafted in, in, in community. And that's super important. Um, how we respond to that, I think is important too, because I don't want to, I don't want to respond to the, as you said, I'll use your language, orphan prophets. You said orphans, uh, maybe going into performance mode, but there's another part of orphan, the orphan spirit, and that is through the prodigal son, how it was manifested. And that is, I want inheritance prematurely. And that, that I think we're seeing a lot of a premature um, pressing forward into, into an inheritance that they're not ready for. Um, and that actually causes us to not fully gain the investment of our inheritance, everything that God would want to give us. And then it, it causes us to redefine really what prophecy is because the, the prodigal son didn't get his full inheritance. It wasn't fully matured. It was, it was supposed to be invested many more years before he, he would have gotten much more. But if I take it early, if I withdraw it early, it doesn't fully come to maturity An inheritance and an investment has to come to maturity. And so now uh, everything that I put out, you know, uh, everything I hear from God is whether it's a dream or a thought, I, I post it like it's, you know, a prophetic world word for the nations when it hasn't been well processed. So I think those are two issues. And I think what God is doing is he is forming communities. And, and I know you have your family and we have our tribe. We have our, uh, I have several levels of way that I equip people because I have a mission uh, that God's given me. And that is to be a, a mature prophetic voice in my generation and raise up voices from every culture to go to every sector of society. That doesn't happen just by reading a book. It happens in relationship, in mentoring, in discipleship. And, and really, I think that's what the Lord is saying. Discipleship and spiritual formation and maturity is the new revival. It yeah. really is. Uh, encounters are necessary, but uh, maturity and establishing um, the encounter into a, an, an established everyday lifestyle it's what's important. So I love the fact that you're saying we need family. And I would say, yes, prophets, they are initiated in the secret place, but they're matured within community. So they good. don't grow on platforms. They grow in a process. And that process is community. Mm. Now, it's so beautiful. I, of course, have a lot of friends that are prophets as well. And we have them in our family. So I have yes. about five key prophets that that I'm an even spiritual father to, 
So we, but, but the beauty of it is when we're coming together and they get to use their instrument together with all the other instrument as part of the family. It is beautiful orchestra and there's such a beautiful harmony when we all coming together and we honor the different things instead of dishonoring. And I know that I think what yeah, I almost get teared up. What breaks me, Bob, in this season is to see so many people that are throwing out now the prophets and throwing out kind of a because of uh, some people even call them false prophets. I'll maybe say there were some wrong prophets, but not false prophets. But in the middle of that pain that is going on for me, both the prodigal sons and the brother, how do I love them and bring them back into the father's house? Like you quoted, so very beautiful. So for me, it's important that we don't come from a prodigal brother and judge the prodigal son using the language you did, but that we are in the father's house with the father where he wants his family back. Both if you're out there with religion, the way you're doing it or rebellion, but both of them, this is a glorious homecoming for the family. Yeah, that's such good language. And I, I agree with that, that um, we don't want to be that, that older brother. I, I also believe that um, we are seeing the beginning of something that, that Peter actually said would happen in 2 Peter 2. He said, you know, you had false prophets. You, today you have false teachers. And that word false is pseudo. So we don't like to use the word false prophet because it sounds really strong. But if you use pseudo prophets, it doesn't sound as strong. And I would say we are at a place where we do have pseudo, we have a pseudo prophetic movement. We have a pseudo pseudo prophets. And Peter goes on to list those, you know, they follow the way of Balaam. They are after, they're after profit. They're after promotion. They're after people. And we do have to realize that if we don't grow to maturity, the, the alternative for maturity is apostasy really. Hmm. And so I don't, I don't want to turn away from prophecy. It says in the Bible that we should not despise prophesying because if we despise prophecy, that it puts the spirit's fire out. And that word to despise means to treat contemptibly. And that the Thessalonians that was Paul was talking to, they weren't, they weren't ignoring prophecy. They were treating it lightly. They were treating it haphazardly. They weren't stewarding it well. And so we can despise prophecy by saying, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Or we could despise it by by treating it very lightly and not treating it with honor and and treating it contemptuously. And I don't think we should do either of those things. Now, personally, I've I was challenged by this. Uh, I've been in prophetic ministry and teaching it for over twenty years. I have a very I think solid track record. Um, fortunately, I, I didn't feel like I had the need to um, you know go out and make a lot of amends from last year. I, I shared what I shared. I stand by everything that I. I said, and I didn't, I didn't have to apologize for it. Um, and I, I appreciate those who are humbled themselves and did, as long as we understand, you know, why we got it wrong. I think it's important as much as admitting we did get it wrong. Uh, why we got it wrong is very, very, very important. Um, but I believe that God is bringing us to a place where we truly treat these things with, with the fear of the Lord. And I have a fear of the Lord because We've had things happen in the prophetic community where prophecy has been um, faked, where prophecy has been used um, in ways that it shouldn't be used. And so we do have to have this course correction. And this is a very serious thing that we should have the fear of the Lord over. It doesn't mean we're judging anyone. What it means is we're actually looking at ourselves and saying, when I feel that pressure, how am I going to react to it? Because if I'm a mature son, I'm not going to react as an orphan and try to perform. 
but I'm going to, I'm going to walk from a place of being accepted. And, and that really is the hard issue is that prophets of love understand that their, the, the measure of their fruitfulness isn't the measure of their necessarily accuracy or proficiency. It's the measure of the love. And if I love someone, I'm, I'm going to be truthful. If I love someone, I'm going to own my mistakes. If I love someone, I'm going to take risks and I'm going to, I'm going to take risks. Even if people have, if prophecy is falling into disrepute, I'm not going to back off of it. I'm going to continue to press forward in love. Um, but I know it's a challenge for many people. And, and if you've been hurt by a prophet, I'm sorry. If you have been um, hurt by things that you've seen that are inappropriate in the prophetic community, I, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but don't let other people's immaturity or, or growth processes keep you from growing in the Lord. I have been at places and times in my life where I needed to grow and at places right now, I'm at a place where I need to grow in certain areas. I don't want the places where I need to grow to keep someone else from growing in those places. So I'm sorry if you've been hurt by the prophetic, but don't let that keep you, don't let that make you despise prophecy because it, it will put out the spirit's fire in your life. And you don't want to do that. That is so good, Bob. Uh, I, one of the painful thing for me in our culture that I celebrate, I'm so glad I would not change it for anything else. I'm talking about some of the different streams, part of the big river that we are part of. And that is that since a lot of the value system, I'm talking about just the value system, if that's healing or words of knowledge or prophecy, that you get somebody that hits a home run, they get the platform. Uh, they get the products, they get such result, and other ones would feel in a family setting, if you, and you and I've done that many times together, if your stock goes, my goes up when it's family, because we are brothers, that when you have a culture that to some degree, we're hearing that person that had that word of knowledge or the greatest healing in the meeting, now people are looking and doing everything to find out, to again fill that pain, that void in their heart. So is there any wisdom you can say, because I know you're both pastoral uh, background in a sense of you have a lot of care for people and community, but how do we help people to continue to take risk and faith? And we should never stop that because I'm living with this on a daily basis where I've only, hey, let me tell you the story, what just happened, or that person got healed, or somebody was raised from the, and then I had a dozen a day of my sons coming in that wanted to share that. The danger to some degree could be just that the value system is what I do instead of who I am. So wow. can you just address yeah. a little of that? <laughs> yeah, I think this is a broader question because now we're talking about uh, our community, not just the prophetic. How does the prophetic grow, but how do we grow? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about the last 20 years is that we have celebrated and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. We realize that Paul said eagerly desire spiritual gift go for it like go after it and celebrate it but and at the same time that we've created a culture of celebration of the spiritual gifts um and and of the testimony and we know the value of the testimony but when i when i start to um get my affirmation from that celebration that's when things can get off and that's that's a very gradual move that we've made Here's the way I handle it in my community because I, I equip, you know, hundreds of the people in our, our community and I teach them this way. And that is don't, don't publicly um, celebrate every miracle that God does 
through you for, for a couple reasons. One is the Bible says that what, what God, what, what is done in the secret place, God rewards in public. And he said, you know, those who pray, don't pray publicly because that will be a reward. If you do your good works before men to be seen, then that is your reward. But if you do your good works for only God to see, then great is your reward in heaven. So I say it like this. Look, when I share with somebody a testimony of what's happened, I just spent my eternal reward. I just spent it. I don't, I'm not investing that in the bank of heaven now. I'll get no reward and no interest on that reward. And so the reason I do that is because I want you to be encouraged that God wants to use you. So if I'm celebrating a testimony, it's so that you are encouraged that God can do that through you. And it's actually a sacrifice for me to do that. Because now when I get to heaven, that's not even in the bank. I won't get a reward for that. But So I'm going to be a little selfish, and I'm not going to tell you all the miracles that God did. You know, Jesus didn't either. They didn't write all, everything he did. And I think if we can value the eternal reward greater than the temporal reward of what we get, then I think we might be able to self-correct that problem. That's my perspective on it. And also... If I, if I understand that, and when I share a testimony, I've, I'm actually making a sacrifice because I'm investing that testimony in your faith, hoping that that seed of my testimony will produce fruit in your life of hundredfold return. And then perhaps, maybe when you, that person gets to heaven and gets that reward, I get a reward for the seed that produced a hundredfold return. I'm not sure how the kingdom works in that way. But I know that whenever I do it with the, sow that seed with the right motive, that great is my reward in heaven because that's the kind of father I have. Hmm. Um, so I don't want to throw away the testimony. I don't want people to stop celebrating the supernatural, but I want us to celebrate the right way. And sometimes I will say, I think we've celebrated because we needed affirmation rather than celebrated because he needed the attention. So, so, so good. I'd like to buy your book on wisdom. <laughs> well, it's still being written in my heart. <laughs> oh, it's, it's awesome. I just love it. Uh, I was thinking about another thing because we know the fivefold which I'm operating is there to equip the saints. And pretty much the apostle is to raise up everybody to be apostolic in nature, be sent out. And the same with the prophet, that all of us should be prophetic. But when you talk about listening, learning how to listen to God's voice, which is a very big key, but also how to be able to grow so we all can be more prophetic. Because I often do it intuitive, but I would like to be a little bit more intentional, just being a prophetic people. So the body of Christ, to the average person out there, how can they grow in the prophetic? What would be some, the ABC, the basic for just an ordinary person that wants to listen to God's voice and to be able to be used by God. Yeah, well, it's such a beautiful gift. I know yeah, I have. Well, you know, I, well, I, I, have a, <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of hours of teaching on this, but but ultimately, I, I just go back to the beginning, how God created the you know the heavens and the earth, and then He saw the earth was empty and darkness and in chaos. And how did He how did He respond to? It? He said something, um, and then. He wanted to, to start to create structure around that. And he said, the first thing I need to do is I need to create day. And so he, Bible says he saw the light and then he called the light day. And 
for me, that's where prophecy begins. Uh, that word see is actually the word prophet, Ra, and that word call is to call out someone's name, destiny, or purpose, the way you would name a child. And so prophecy for me is seeing what God sees and saying what God says. And we're created to do it. Genesis 2, God brought, you know, dirt and dust to Adam and Eve and said, what do you see? Whatever you call it, that will be its name. So it's really what we are created to do from the beginning is to see from God's perspective and then say what God says. And when we do that, we actually are able to enter into the creative process with him. And I believe prophecy is an incredibly creative process. So what I would say with people is, if you change your perspective, the way you see, then you'll have the right proclamation. And I think going back to some of the questions that we've had about the prophetic community over the last year, the, the perspective is what got clouded and that's what caused the proclamation to be off. And so if we just uh, get our perspective back to his perspective, and then we just open our mouth and he fills it. Uh, so I like to say, you know, I want to see what Jesus sees in people and I want to say what he says about people. And if I do that, then I'll, I'll be fulfilling my prophetic calling. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. See and say, and then you can seize what you're seeing and saying. You can seize it. S E I Z E. Yeah. I like it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is I thought beautiful. you said sneeze, but seize. No. That's <laughs> what, what makes you excited these days, Bob? What, what, what excites you? Uh, I'm really excited about the church. I, I mean, I've always been a church guy. I grew up in the church. I was a pastor. I, I've traveled around uh, for the last 20 years and helped to build up local, regional, apostolic churches, networks, nations. Uh, I love that. I love it. But, um, you know, Ephesians 3 says it's now through the church that God makes his manifold wisdom known to principalities and powers. And so it's his church that God is going to use to change the atmosphere around us. The solution to the chaos, darkness, and emptiness is the, man, the wisdom of God being made, made known through his church, through his called out ones. And we're in a moment where church is being redefined. It's being disrupted so that it can be, you know, I think, reconstructed. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about what that's going to look like because it won't just look like a church that has apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It will have it, but it won't be that just that. It won't just be a church that everyone has their work of the service and their ministry and their calling, but it will be a church that Ephesians 4, at the end of that, it says, a church that has come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. That's mm. what I'm excited about, because I think we are coming to a church that looks like Jesus. And a church that sounds like Jesus and a church that does what Jesus did. And, and I'm excited about that. What do you do just for fun? I know what something I do? Well, you do. <laughs> you know, Leif, I used to ride a motorcycle until I, I have an accident this year. But I, I may get back on that. Um, thinking about picking up a new hobby. I, I still love to read, even though my wife says that's not a hobby, that's work. But I, I, I love to read. Uh, I love to take my dog to the dog park. Uh, I love to drink coffee. <laughs> and I probably I, I do love high adrenaline kind of sports. So and I go to the gym. I, I still go to the gym, even though I can't 
I'm not totally recovered from a motorcycle accident and a surgery that you and I both had, but um, <laughs> so I, I still went to, the, I went to the gym five days a week before my accident and before the uh, COVID shutdown. So I, I still like to stay healthy. I like to exercise. Um, I like high adrenaline uh, sports. I told my wife, I think I'm going to take up golf. So I'm prophesying that to myself. I think I'm well, going to maybe, maybe together then. I'm it's going to be a measure of how my arm, <laughs> so maybe I'll come down there to Atlanta and we'll, uh, we start you know, together. Take the yeah, base we'll play golf. Learn so. a new hobby. Yeah. Hey, just one more. I know I'm just having a little bit good time here. What are one thing that you can say you have learned from me during the years we've been together? Any lessons? From you? Yeah. Oh, I've never uh, asked I, anybody that. It's <laughs> like that. So that's that is that is so easy, Leif. Mm. I learned from you. It's better to fly first class. Ooh. <laughs> you taught me the faith. The faith for the upgrade, the favor that, of God for the upgrade, you know. Is that and an English? Was that an English? You got that? Okay. <laughs> Never go back. Um, actually, uh, honestly, the, the honest answer to that is um, just the love of the Father that He has for me. So I knew that I needed to demonstrate the love of the Father to other people. Uh, but when I'm with you, I, I feel loved because we're friends and, and I see you loving other people well. But I see you letting the father love you well. Mm. And I learned that, like, I need to just allow God to love me, not for what I do. And I, uh, so I see that in you. I, I, I have learned to love people well because of you, but actually I feel like I've learned to let God love me better because of you. So thank you for that. Yeah. No, thank you so much, my friend. And yeah. You, you've been such a gift in my life and in our family. And even right now, this is so valuable what you're sharing. I could sit here for hours, but I do sensing that there's some tools you have. I have several of your material. I know you have a couple of books, but, and even you, I think you have a, a, a community and academy where people can actually be coming in and, and start a journey to moving into this maturity and this season and going from orphans to sons, but not just sons, to move from being sons of blessings to become sons of inheritance. And I'm excited excited about that so do you mind just sharing a little bit of some tools that can bless the people that are out there because i've been so blessed and i want them to be blessed too absolutely thank you you know i've been training people in the voice of the lord for the last 20 years and i was sort of one of the pioneers when it came to what we called prophetic evangelism and taking people to new age festivals and taking them to marketplace settings and and training them to, to hear God's voice and be God's voice outside the walls of the church. And so we converted that into an online school. We've had 3,000 people from 15 different countries that have gone through it. Right now, we have three levels that people can go through it at ascendacademy.net. You'll see there's three levels. One is just do it yourself. If you, you know, don't have the time, you just want to do it DIY and go through it and understand uh, DIY, you, it means just do it yourself. You can go through it at your own pace. Then just we have a just uh, give me training that level where oh, there's just... live webinars. And then we have a mentoring level where we actually have interaction with small groups and we mentor people, people that are business people, people that are entrepreneurs, people that are uh, stay-at-home moms, people that are actually ministers, full-time ministers. And we have a community of people that are growing together to become the voice of God to every sphere of society. And so, yeah, that's what we do. It's my passion is to help to raise up the next generation of voices that will influence every level of culture. And then say it again, send 
Academy. Ascend, A-S. Those who ascend the hill of the Lord will okay, declare it. to the gates of culture. Wouldn't be lifted we, up we have like to the say come in. Three ascend, times. ascend Academy, A-S-C-E-N-D. A-C-A-D-E-M-Y, ascendacademy.net. That is very good, very good. I am so yeah. grateful you took this time to just invest in our community and our family and bring your special sauce to the larger table. And I know that many of the people that are out there watching that they wanted to go in and, 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 and start to taste of that. As I saying it, it's affected me, it's affected my marriage, family, but also our movement, just who you are and Kimberly. And, and it is honored to call you my friend. Do you mind just blessing the people that are out there? Perhaps you have a prophecy over some of us or other places who just release us into our destiny yes. and season. Whoa. Yeah, so we just bless Lord Leif and his family, and we bless this movement and this, uh, this family network. We just bless them. And God, I just thank you um, that um, this is an Isaiah 49 moment uh, for many people when Isaiah felt like he had spent his strength for nothing at all and labored in vain. You, you said, in the time of favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. And I just declare with them and with Paul, when he said, you've heard it said in the day and in the time, but I say, now is the time of my favor. Today is the day of salvation. So I just declare over you, this is the time of favor and this is the day of harvest, the day of salvation for many people. And new favor is going to open for you in nations. New favor is going to open up for you in your neighborhood. New favor is going to open up for you to have audience with kings. And new favor is going to open up for you to have the influence in, in your everyday life. And so, God, we thank you that the, this is a time of favor and a day of salvation of harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone that is listening. I just want to encourage you to share this with some of your friends and perhaps the movement that you are part of. And, and let's just multiply this message so that everybody can see and everybody can say what the Father is saying in this season. And this world will never be the same. So I love everybody that is out there. And Bob, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.